So I have to ask you, what is your relationship with prayer? Is it a good relationship? Do you appreciate having it in your life or is it a, a, a distant relationship? Something that you don't think too much about on a day-to-day -day basis? So I am very aware that people's experience with prayer, it varies, ranging from irrelevant or even harmful to an essential life-giving daily ritual. So I would like you to think just a little bit about where you would place yourself on that spectrum. Is prayer part of your life? And well, if it is, how valuable is it to your life? Uh, put it this way, is prayer something that you should do or is it something that you get to do? And, and my last uh, opening questions uh, for this is, is, is this. So who taught you how to pray? And did this happen when you were young? And what were you taught? What were you supposed to do? Because I'm so curious about that. Because I am wondering if what you were taught is similar to what I was taught. And I'm wondering if that was similar to what kids are still being taught today. So to help understand what young kids are taught today, let's take a quick trip to Bethlehem's Early Childhood Center. And I have some questions for you because I need to learn from you. Did you know that? I need to learn from you guys. What? And the, I know, right? And the only way I can learn from you guys is for me to ask you questions. So that's what we're gonna do this morning, okay? And here's what I wanna know about. I want to know about prayer. Who, who here, raise your hand if you know anything about prayer. Do you, do you know anything about prayer? Here's what I want to ask you right off the bat to begin with. How do you pray? How do you pray? Let's say it really loud. You fold your hands. You fold your hands. Can you show me how? Like this? Yeah. Okay. So this is the posture. This is how you pray, right? With your hands like this? Yeah. That's what you're talking? Okay. That's good to know. Thank you for that. Now let me ask you another question. If you're going to pray for something, what do you pray for? What do you pray for? Really loud. Snacks. You pray for snacks? What do you pray for? Pray for everything. Pray for animals. Pray for animals. Okay. Is there, let me ask you this. Is there anything that you can't pray for? No. You can pray for anything, right? Okay. All those things, parades and everything. Well guys, you helped me out a lot today. I learned the posture for prayer. I learned what you pray for. I learned that you can pray for anything. Thanks for teaching me. And you're actually gonna teach a lot of other people today too with our video. Yeah, that was, that was a fun conversation, and I do have to thank our young people for their insights. You heard them, though. You have to do things a certain way. You have to fold your hands a certain way, you, and you can ask for absolutely anything, which I think is absolutely cool. That's a great thing. But like I said earlier, who taught you how to pray, and what were you taught? So to answer my own question, I learned how to pray for my parents. We had a bedtime and a mealtime prayer, and I still know them. For bedtime, it was, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Do you know that one? 
All right, so at the time, I had no idea how creepy this prayer was. Here I am, a little kid, talking about the possibility of dying in my bed at night, and if that happened, then God was lurking nearby to harvest my soul. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that prayer should have given me nightmares. So then for mealtimes, it was this. It was, God is good, God is great, let us thank God for our food, amen. Mm, honestly, I did not think that was a very good prayer, because it doesn't rhyme. I mean, aren't children's prayers supposed to rhyme? Growing up, prayer was something we did at church. It was something we did at home, before bed, and during meals, except breakfast. We did not pray at breakfast. I don't know why. Maybe God did not need to be thanked for my Lucky charm cereal. And then, and then you grow up and you leave behind many of the things that you did and thought as a child because you ask questions and reflect on life and stop doing those things that don't matter. So as an adult, if you still pray, if that is something you did not leave behind as a child, why? That's a serious question. What is it supposed to do? If you pray, why do you pray? Honestly, this is somewhat of a difficult question to answer. Almost everybody will have a slightly different response, but this is an important question because if there is not a good reason to pray, well, why do it? I mean, I don't spend my time doing things that don't have value in them, right? So, so whether or not people would actually say it like this, I think the simple and most prevalent answer about why people pray is to bend God's will, to get a favor from God. So people will pray, God, will you do, I don't know, something. God, will you help me get a good grade on my test? God, will you help my parents have a safe trip overseas? Or people will pray, you know, God, will you give me something? I don't know. God, will you give me patience? God, will you give me a hundred dollars? I don't know what it is. But, but prayer then for many, many people is the mechanism to get God's favor. <laughs> but what happens when that doesn't work? And I know I have shared with various groups at Bethlehem how I came to have a very questionable relationship with prayer when I was young, how I prayed that God would intervene in the course of my family member's battle with cancer and then after she died, I did not have any way to think about that experience other than to come up with one of three conclusions. That one, God did not listen or care. That two, God heard but was incapable of doing anything. Or that three, I did something wrong in the way I was praying or asking, or maybe I was just a bad person. So here's, here, here's another example, um, maybe a little bit more contemporary. So at the height of COVID, just a few years ago, some Christians and some churches gathered for worship without any precautions because they honestly believed that through faith, that through their prayers, God would provide all the protection they needed from anything that would do them harm. People died because of that. So I don't think prayer is simply telling God what God should do and then getting angry at God or ourselves when the outcome is not exactly what we wanted. <laughs> so that I keep going back to this question, then why pray? Jesus said, 
And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So one day, Jesus' disciples are curious and ask their teacher, their rabbi, how do we pray? What is the right way? What's the point? To which Jesus does not say, oh, it doesn't matter, just do whatever. Likewise, Jesus does not say, well, there's no point in prayer, don't don't waste your time. On the contrary, Jesus says pray, but he says when you pray, keep these things in mind. So Jesus then goes on to teach his disciples in what we call the Lord's Prayer, to pray for what life and the world could be as God's kingdom. In this world, Jesus teaches his followers to approach God as a familiar figure, a a father, a dad, not an abusive dad or a deadbeat dad or an alcoholic dad, but a word that describes a parent who cares and loves his kids. This is how Jesus teaches his disciples to approach God. And it's this description of, of God, a God who loves creation, that Jesus prays will bring God's kingdom to earth. Jesus teaches his followers to pray for the transformation of the earth. It's a prayer for the earth, that the way the world would be if God were in charge would come to reality here just as it is in heaven. It's a prayer about our daily bread and our ability to forgive, not about my daily bread and getting ahead at all costs. I mean, Jesus teaches us to pray as part of a community. And this is so unusual because I am used to hearing people pray things like, oh, I'm hungry, I'm cold, I'm thirsty. Please give me some food. Please give me a roof. Give me something to drink. I mean, I have needs. I have concerns. I am used to prayers that are individualistic. Give my grandma healing. Give me patience. Give my child, you know, a spouse. Please, God, help my child find a spouse. But in God's kingdom, If there is one person hungry, if there is one person suffering, if there is one person in need, that is too many. In God's kingdom, you cannot find yourself isolated or alone. Can you imagine the kind of transformation that will take place in our world in God's kingdom? (laughs) So finally, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray for the transformation of the earth through the coming of God's kingdom in which they and everyone who prays this prayer participates in bringing it to reality. It's a prayer that ties you to your neighbor and your neighbor's needs. Those who live in your community and look like you as well as those who don't. 
when his disciples ask Jesus how to pray, this is what he tells them. This is how he teaches them. And the more I spend time with Jesus' prayer, the more I learn about prayer and while I still pray, albeit in a very different way and for a very different reason than when I was young. I've been leading prayer for many years. For me, prayer begins with listening. It's a receptive posture that slows us down, that gets us outside of ourselves so that we can become more in tune with God's dream for the world, with God's love for creation and the entire human race. When I pray on behalf of our, our church, our congregation, I begin by listening. I ask, what is going on in our world? What is going on in our country? What is going on in our community and in our congregation? Where is their joy? Where is their hurt? Where is their suffering? Where is God? And how does the promise of God's love impact and meet us right where we find ourselves? It is only after listening do we pray praying for the world, for the community of faith, for individuals. And when I pray from this place of listening, I am reminded of God's promise of love and mercy and how I am to see and walk with those in my family and my community. We pray that God's will would be done right here in our community and in our lives as it is in heaven and that we would be a part of all of that. In other words, Prayer puts me into God's space and reminds me that life is much more than about myself. Prayer helps me to see how God's love addresses the great needs of our world, and prayer helps me see how I am called to live out compassion, grace, and mercy in life. I mean, through prayer, may you be able to listen, to enter into God's space, and in doing so, Find peace, hope, and the energy to keep going despite everything that is going on in your life. This, for me, is prayer. And it's the good news that we hear today. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. As a way of taking our focus text and the reflection of that text a bit deeper and applying that more directly to your life, here are a couple of reflection questions that we invite you to think about uh, either individually or maybe with a partner. Question number one, what is your relationship with prayer? Do you pray? How often? And what is the purpose of prayer? And number two, what is it about the prayer Jesus taught his disciples that is most surprising or shocking to you?